Hello and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Monday, and this is the seventh week of the Easter season. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia! Christ is risen indeed. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it. And your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son. A reading from Hebrews chapter 8, beginning this morning at verse 1. Now, the main point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister in the sanctuary, and the true tent that the Lord and not any mortal has set up. For every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices, since it is necessary for this priest also to have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are already those who offer gifts according to the law. They offer worship in a sanctuary that is a sketch and shadow of the heavenly one, just as Moses was warned when he was about to erect the tent, for God said, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown to you on the mountain. But Jesus has now obtained a more excellent ministry, and to that degree he is the mediator of a better covenant which has been enacted on the basis of better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need to look for a second one. God finds fault with them when he says, The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Jacob, not like the covenant that I made with their ancestors on the day that I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I had no concern for them, says the Lord. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and they shall not teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. In speaking of a new covenant, he has made the first one obsolete, and what is obsolete and growing old will soon disappear. Perhaps one of the most striking things about the first couple of generations of Christians is that they did not worship in a temple. 
fact, they made no temple. They erected no house. They had no temple to house the image of their God. Israel, of course, had a temple, but there was no image of God within the temple, as you might find uh, in a Roman temple or a Greek temple. In fact, God strictly forbids, even from the beginning, the making of images to represent the Lord to stick within that temple. For the followers of Jesus, there was no temple at all. There was no particular place, no building, no tent, no tabernacle where they would go to offer sacrifice or burn incense or pay vows or seek the guidance and words of an oracle. The author of Hebrews lets us know that this is not just the accident that comes from a faith in a crucified Messiah who has been thrown out of the temple, out of the holy city, but this is actually what God has intended to do all along from the beginning. What God has done in Jesus is to reestablish the whole of creation as God's temple. And if we look back then through Scripture, we can actually see, especially in the Psalms and around there, that it is not the temple so much as the whole creation that is this tabernacle of God and the temple that is a shadow and a place that looks forward to it. In other places in the New Testament, the church will be called the temple of the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. We are both those. But the point is the same. The Lord God is far superior to idols and needs no house to house his image. He has no image. The Spirit is present within the earth. The exodus in the tabernacle proved as much. And now God shows that Jesus has filled up all of the promises of the temple and the tent, which Israel erected in the wilderness, as a model to look forward to the promise of God's presence, once again filling the whole creation as it had done at the beginning. In some ways, our world today is very different from early Christians. But because of that, we, we are able to see this morning the truly global scale of Christ's church. Because of that, we finally might be able to see the goodness of God's creation and how God's good creation is the temple, the place where heaven and earth meet. The same is true, of course, of our bodies, and the same is true of our assemblies in Jesus' name, and then throughout the whole creation. But to see the creation around us as a tabernacle that God has pitched and entered into with us, as a place that is full now of the glory of God, might change how we regard or care for the world we live in. And it also might give us a whole new way of proclaiming and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and inviting others to come and live within its walls. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, and you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. 
we will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church, and for the gift of relationships with others. And on this Memorial Day, we give you thanks for the men and women who have served and died in order to give us and bring us peace. For who else? For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, for the people, the ministers, the leaders of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife and warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. And on this Memorial Day, we pray for those who have lost loved ones, friends, in service to their country. For who else? For what else do we pray today? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people, love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.